Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Welcome to Nature Folk. Tonight we explore Lama's magic, for it is Lama's night. There'll be an opportunity to celebrate this special sacred time in the turning of the wheel of the year with chants, with meditations, with an exploration of ancient and contemporary customs with ritual and guided meditation. Let's begin with a Lama's Night chant. Lama's power in Lama's right. Lama's magic on Lama's Night. Lama's power in Lama's right. Lama's magic on Lama's night. Lama's power in Lama's right. Lama's magic on Lama's night. Lama's, also known as Lunasa, is the celebration of the height of summer across many pagan traditions. It's an ancient Celtic fire festival. It marks the midpoint between the summer solstice and fall equinox in the northern hemisphere. A shout out to all of our listeners in the southern hemisphere and blessings on their Imok or Candlemas celebrations that are happening at this time. Wiccans, Druids, and Pagans of many paths celebrate Lunasa, Lamas, on July 31st, August 1st, August 2nd, Some traditions will celebrate it on the full moon closest to this midpoint between summer solstice and fall equinox. Others will celebrate it on the 5th, the 6th, or the 7th of August. At Circle Sanctuary, we celebrate the weekend closest to the holiday, which is typically the last weekend in July, we call our celebration the Green Spirit Festival. Since ancient times, this holiday has been celebrated with feasting, with harvest, with celebration, with games, 
with prayers and invocations for a bountiful harvest. And tonight we'll have a chant for Lamas that has its roots back in the early days of Circle Sanctuary. We call this Lamas Round. And Jim Allen and I created this chant for ritual back in the 1970s. And at the Green Spirit Festival at Circle Sanctuary in 2018, this was one of the chants that we included in our main ritual. Lamas Round. Now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance until night ends, praising the powers on whom we depend. Now is the time when the harvest starts. So sing and dance until night ends, praising the powers on whom we depend. Now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance until night ends, praising the powers on whom we depend. This chant can be done in a spoken form, but it has a melody. And with the melody, if you have a large enough group of people and time to practice it, you can actually have this be a three-part round. And indeed, when we taught the chant this past weekend, I um, taught it at my Lunasa Magic Workshop, and we actually were able to do a two-part round with this. <clears throat> now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance until night ends, praising the powers on whom we depend. Now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance till night ends, praising the powers on whom we depend. Now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance until night ends, praising the powers on whom we depend. So in singing this chant, we acknowledge the start of the harvest time. And in the pagan wheel of the year, that is the sacred holiday time for many pagan traditions. There are eight Sabbaths marking the beginning and midpoints of each of the four seasons. And three of those Sabbaths have harvest as part of their mix. The harvest starting with Lunasa or Lamas going into full abundance at fall 
equinox for Thanksgiving time and then concluded by the time that Samhain in late October comes around. The end of the year, the beginning of the new year in many Wiccan and other pagan traditions. Harvest takes a variety of different forms in contemporary times for urban and suburban dwellers and those who are not directly involved with gardening or agriculture in rural areas. This can be the harvest of what has been happening in our lives during the growing season. It can be a celebration of the harvest, for we all are benefiting from agricultural productions, and harvest can take the form of agricultural products in the local area. In ancient times, wheat and grain, barley, oats, rye, were part of the celebration of this holiday. Wheat has the strongest connection in the lore and in celebration. Wheat is sometimes known as corn. Another name for it, I'm back into antiquity. In America today, we commonly use the word corn, however, for maize, with that kind of corn that grows in many fields that not only is sweet corn for feeding humans, but field corn for feeding livestock, in particular cows. Why have a harvest festival? It is to give thanks for the harvest, to celebrate the harvest. But in this particular harvest celebration, there is a focus on having a good harvest season. Indeed, the timing of harvest is really crucial. Ideally, harvesting when the sun is out, there's good drying conditions, and being able to get the harvest in and stored so that it will last into the fall and winter and spring until harvest comes again. At Circle Sanctuary, our harvest takes the form of harvesting herbs. And yes, we do have some wild rye growing in some parts of the land, Well, one of the herbs that we've harvested over the years, some mugwort, some other things we gather at this time of year, catnip, yarrow, mint, lemon balm, and a whole host of wild plants, Um, some sage and um, some bee balm. Um, And we've had honey as part of 
our connection with the land um, for the past year. And we had some harvesting and processing of honey from our Blessed Bees apiary that was done just in time for our Lunasa celebration of green spirit. In addition to celebrating harvest with singing and activities, there may be a blessing of the land for continued abundance. In some parts of the U.S., there is a blessing of harvesting equipment. I often am on Eastern Shore, Maryland, in early August after we do our Ong celebration. And I have attended what is known as the Blessing of the Combines. And this is an old tradition um, that has been going on decades there, but it's actually rooted into blessing of the size and the sickles and other equipment when harvesting was done by hand, um, done by um, earlier forms of agriculture equipment. Some people like to make some type of harvest charm as part of Lunasa celebration, just as Bridget wheels are made of straw, of rushes, and other materials six months previous in the Northern Hemisphere. Corn dollies, or wheat weavings, as they're also known, are made at this holiday time. It's another type of folk art, something that I do in my own household celebrations is to weaving along with a wreath of green vegetation and have that on my front door as a symbol of the season and as a celebration of plenty. Lunasa being a Celtic fire festival, fire is going to be an important part of the celebration. And indeed, my experience of this festival over time has included large bonfire celebrations at the part of the main ritual, um, having a chance to not only see and celebrate around a spectacular bonfire, but typically we find some way to place intentions of what we would like to see manifest in the fire kindled. This year, we had corn husk and the opportunity to write some things on the corn husk that we sought to be free of to allow prosperity and inner growth to happen with us personally, and a basket collecting all of these corn husks was set in the big bonfire 
with all of our intentions and set ablaze. It was very wonderful to be able to experience the large bonfire and to put some other types of offerings in it as well. In addition to sacred fire, this is a time of creating sacred loaves of bread. Can give some of that back to the land as an offering, may put some in the sacred fire, may share it amongst those who are taking part in a group ceremony. It can be made of regular wheat or for people with a variety of different diets. Um, Gluten-free bread can be made. Um, Sometimes we've had different types of offerings for the land and sharings among the community. This year at our large ceremony, we had fruits and vegetables being shared as well. I'd like to share with you now some ways of creating your own celebration tonight and in the next several days. What are some ways to celebrate Lunasa? Here are 13 ways. One, engage in a sacred harvest. This can be from your own garden, if you're a gardener. It can be a harvest in a symbolic sense. It can take the form of volunteering or um, out at places that have communities Sponsored agriculture, sometimes volunteers can go and be part of the harvest and get some of the bounty as well. Two, go to a farm market, um, some type of country fair, and experience the celebrations of the bounty that are on display and that are for sale by those who grow crops of various types. Three, create a green crown. It may be of willow. It may be mugwort. It may be a combination of different herbs. Gathering herbs and weaving them in a circlet that you can place on your head or use as an altarpiece or as a wreath on your door. Four, bake a loaf of bread. Share it. You may bake several, give some as offerings as well as having it at a feast. Five, bless your home with a wheat weaving, a sheaf of grain, or some other symbol 
of harvest in Lunasa. Six, create a Lamas altar. Candles, wheat, grain images. Years ago, someone made a beautiful pinnacle out of bread and then preserved it. And I have my pinnacle of llama's bread that I use to decorate my altar and work with as part of ceremonies. Seven, burn a sacred fire. Gaze into it. Feed it with offerings. Feed it with symbols of the season. Scry in it. Eight, learn about Celtic lore and folkways. This is a Celtic festival after all. Learn about Lu, the god, and his mother. This holiday is said to be the funeral games for his mother. Nine, have a party, have a feast, have a picnic. Ten, take a walk in a natural area or in a farm field that you have good access to. And as you take the walk, attune to the season and to the vegetation that surrounds you. Eleven, bless others with Lamas greetings. Wish people a happy Lunasa. Take a picture of your altar and put it up on social media. Do blessings of prosperity to those that you know. Share some thoughts about Lunasa with others. Twelve. Donate to a food pantry. At this harvest time of plenty, this is a powerful time for sharing with others, no matter how much you may have yourself, even if you do not consider yourself affluent, well-off, comfortable, it's, it can be very powerful to be able to share something with those beyond you. It can be volunteering time at a food pantry. It can be serving those who are hungry at a homeless shelter. It can be raising funds for some charity that helps others in need. And 13, do prosperity magic. Prosperity magic for yourself, for your loved ones, 
for your neighborhood, for the planet, and beyond. And of course, as in the chant, it is really powerful as part of prosperity magic to give thanks to those powers on whom we depend. I'd like to guide you now on a Lamas night, Lamas magic journey. Find a place where you can be comfortably and focus on an inner journey. Imagine yourself surrounded with a radiant light. And as you envision that light around you, you set it in place to create a sacred and safe place for your inner journey. Connect with the sacred according to your own path by whatever sacred name or names of the divine that you work with. Divine ones, we call to you. Divine ones, we honor you. Divine ones, we call to you. Divine ones, we call to you. Divine ones, we call to you. Divine ones, we honor you. And into our sacred circle, we connect with the powers of the elements of nature. We call to the powers of the sacred earth. Come, be with us, and bless our right tonight. Bless us, physical well-being. Blessed be. Powers of the sacred air, come and be with us tonight. Bless us in this rite tonight. Bless us with mental well-being. Powers of the sacred fire, we call to you and honor you. Be with us tonight. Bless this rite tonight. Bless our doings with wellness. Powers of the sacred water, we call to you and honor you. Come and be with us tonight. Bless this right tonight. Bless our emotions and our relationships. Powers of the sacred spirit. 
We call to you and honor you. Come and be with us tonight. Bless this right tonight. Bless our souls. Bless us with divine understanding and connection. In this right and in our lives, so mote it be. We call to the powers of land. We connect with the land where we are. We connect with the powers of place. We honor the land. And we call to and honor planet Earth as home. We call to the deities of agriculture, goddesses and gods, the spirit of crops, of grain, of corn and wheat and rye and oats, of rice, foundational foods for humans and others. Divine ones of agriculture, we call to you and honor you and ask that you be with us on this Lamas night and in times to come, that you watch over and bless harvest activities, that you watch over and bless plants growing in gardens and fields and the wild plants that are foraged from wild places. We call to you and ask your blessing. So mote it be. We call to the powers of We call to the powers of the sacred sun. We call to the powers of the cosmos. Watch over us at this sacred time. Bless us with weather that aids harvest activities. Bless us with understanding of our connections with planet and cosmos with land and sky. We call to you and honor you. Come and be with us on this Lamas night, in this Lamas rite. So mote it be. And we call now to the green ones, The spirit of growing vegetation, the green goddess, the green god, the green spirit. We call to the green ones to be present, 
to be with us and to guide us. As we focus on plenty and prosperity as part of this special Lamas Magic Lamas Night working. Green Goddess, Green God, Green Spirit, be with us. Green Goddess, Green God, Green Spirit, be with us. Green Goddess, Green God, Green Spirit, be with us. Green Goddess, Green God, Green Spirit, be with us. Green Goddess, Green God, Green Spirit, be with us. Green Goddess, Green God, Green Spirit, be with us. Green Goddess, Green God, Green Spirit, be with us, Green Goddess, Green God, Green Spirit, be with us. And now we experience ourselves resonating with the Green Ones with the support of all the other sacred forces that we have called. And we journey now into sacred dimensions of prosperity. We journey into the lavish magic of earth prosperity. We reflect on ways, physical dimensions of life can be prosperous, are prosperous, We reflect and connect the prosperity of the physical plane. Financial well-being, physical health well-being, well-being in our home life, well-being with physical possessions. And as you reflect on earth prosperity, let a message come to you in the form of a vision a word, a phrase, a sensation 
of something you can do to enhance physical prosperity. Enhance physical prosperity. Enhance physical prosperity. And now connect with the prosperity of the mental realm. Recognize that learnings and studies, communications, the powers of intellect can be and are a source of prosperity. Reflect on some dimension of mental prosperity that you have and appreciate. Appreciating mental prosperity. Appreciating mental prosperity. Journeying to the prosperity of activities, your doings, accomplishments, stamina that brings results. Call to mind something that you have accomplished that you are grateful for that you experience as prosperity. Gratitude for accomplishment. Prosperity. Gratitude for accomplishment. Prosperity. And we focus now on prosperity of relationships. Calling to mind individuals and groups of humans and other relationships with loved ones, creatures and plants. And focus on the prosperity of relationships and give thanks. Verity of relationships and give thanks. Prosperity of relationships and give thanks. And calling now on the prosperity of spirit. giving thanks for spiritual blessings and inviting 
the divine in one or more forms that you are aligned with. To bring you a message on this Lamas night that will aid you in your life's path. Divine guidance, prosperity. Divine guidance, prosperity. And as you reflect on your connections with the earth dimension of physical well-being, the air dimension of mental well-being, the fire dimension of energetic and accomplishment well-being, the water dimension of emotions and relational well-being, the spiritual dimension of spiritual well-being. Experience the power of the green one within you, blessing you with prosperity. Green ones in me, 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 prosperity. So mote it be. Now in the next few moments, Call to mind yourself being part of the great web of life here on planet Earth and beyond. Connect with the energy, the essence of the biosphere of planet Earth. Let us join our attention and our intention for there to be prosperity for this web of life, for there to be a growing awareness and understanding of our interconnectedness with each other, that there be healing an enhanced well-being on planet Earth. Blessings to planet Earth, our home. Blessings to planet Earth, our home. Blessings to planet Earth, our home. Blessings to the web of life on planet Earth. Blessings to the web of life on planet Earth. Blessings on the web of life.
on planet Earth. So mote it be. And as we continue our connection with Lama's Night, we focus a few moments on protection for those of pagan ways. We envision a Lama's Night torch of fire going to kindle a great bonfire that's the bonfire of freedom of joy of celebration for equal rights for pagans in our own areas in our nation, in our world. Equal rights for pagans. Upholding religious freedom. Opening the way for there to be more understanding, more equality protection of our folk and the larger web of which we're part of. More light, more love, more freedom, more joy. 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 So mote it be. We call now to the sacred forces that we have invoked and give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. For the powers of the sacred earth, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. For the powers of the sacred air, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. For the powers of the sacred fire, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. For the powers of the sacred water, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. For the powers of the sacred spirit, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. For the powers of the sacred circle, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. For the powers of land and planet, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. For the powers of sky and cosmos, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. For the powers of the sacred center, the spirit that's within us and around us, 
The divine is one and many. The divine is goddess and God. The divine is green goddess, green God, green spirit. The divine is all one within us and around us. We give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. And for the crops that are growing and the crops that have harvested, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. And for all of us that have connected tonight and that will be connecting at later times, we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. And though it's time for this circle to be open, it is never broken. Merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. So mote it be. So reflect a few moments on our time together, on our workings for prosperity and our appreciations for prosperity, on our workings for freedom and for protection, for healing and well-being. May the magic of this night the magic of this rite continue to be with us now and in the times to come. May the wisdom of the ancient ones and the wisdom of all of us following the old ways in new ways that are keeping alive the celebration of this season of Lunasa, of Lamas, of the Green Spirit. May we continue in this magic. We honor the ancestors of the past. We honor the practitioners of the present. And we put forth this harvest blessing that those in the future will harvest and use our work with this sacred time, with this sacred season, with these sacred forces. Blessed be, so voted be. I wish you a magical, wonderful Lama's Night, a wonderful Lunasa season to all celebrating, and immortal blessings for those of you in the other part of the world. May we all find ways to continue to connect face-to-face and in cyberspace to keep the magic shining bright. So mote it be. So.
So as we conclude this Lamas Magic Night, I'll share with you some news. I will be at Pagan Fest Labor Day weekend in Arkansas. And I will be in spirit at an event that we will be having at Circle Sanctuary Land, the Sacred Fire Circle. We have that every Labor Day weekend. Coming up in September are Pagan Pride Days, and I will be in Chicago on September 9th, 2018. That's a Sunday, and doing some new moon magic there. And then the following Saturday on the 15th, at the Madison Pagan Pride Day, I'll be speaking about ancestral pathways and doing cauldron magic. Circle Sanctuary will have booths at both of those Pagan Pride Day events. In addition, I'm going to be doing some more teaching, um, a class on herbal teas and potions in August and we will be doing a spiral labyrinth full moon circle in August. To find out more about Circle Sanctuary events and um, various places that I'm speaking and that Circle Sanctuary folk are um, appearing at, be sure to sign up for our Circle Times e-list. And we come out once a month with a bulletin. Sometimes we'll um, get some other information out if there's a need. And you can email circle at circlesanctuary.org or you can go to our website, www.circlesanctuary, and you can get some information that way. I invite you to continue the Lama's magic with me on social media. Yes, I posted some of the chants um, we did tonight in video form on Instagram, Selena Fox, and on Facebook, Selena Fox Updates, and on Twitter, Selena underscore Fox. So you can get some additional um, ways of connecting with some chants that way, as well as some other ideas for celebrating at this time of year. And if you go to the Circle Sanctuary community Facebook group, you can see some photos from our celebration this past weekend. And if you go to the Circle Sanctuary website, you can get some additional information about celebrating Lamas and Lunasa, including some links to some other rituals and workshops that I have done on the Pagans Tonight Radio Network. Have a wonderful Lama's Night and stay tuned for Circle Talk. I invite David and or Jeanette Ewing to come on and tell us about music that will take us into Circle Talk tonight and what our focus on Circle Talk is. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, David here and Jeanette is just about at this moment here, too. Um, she was upstairs taking care of something, so she's here now. Say hello. Hello. Okay. Hi. Happy Lamas. Hey. We're getting to celebrate some more. This is great. 
It is. We had a great time at Green Spirit gathering uh, this past weekend. That was much needed time that we needed at Circle, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was wonderful being with you all. So what do we have coming up on Circle Talk tonight? So tonight on Circle Talk, we're going to be talking about prosperity magic and sort of bringing the spirit of of the first harvest into our lives and uh, and helping to build some prosperity work for ourselves. So we'll be doing some prosperity magic. That is wonderful. And what kind of uh, music do we have for our Lama's Night double hitter tonight? Well, tonight we're going to transition with a song by Dave the Bard called John Barleycorn, uh, which is kind of fitting that as we were driving home yesterday from Wisconsin, driving back to the Maryland, D.C. metro area, we were listening to Sirius Radio, and there was a classic vinyls station, and they played the version of John Barleycorn traffic on the radio, on Sirius, um, along with other classic rock stuff. We thought that was really good timing, so we're going to listen to some more John Barleycorn tonight. Yeah, well... Happy Lamas, and uh, we'll, you know, as with the ancients, we don't just celebrate in one way, multiple ways, and on multiple days and nights. So stay tuned, and Lamas blessings. There were three men came out of the west their fortunes for to try and these three men made a solemn vow john barleycorn must die they plowed they sowed they harrowed him in throwing clods upon his head and these three men Made a solemn vow, John Barleycorn was dead. They let him lie for a very long time till the rain from heaven did fall. Then little Sir John threw up his head. Oh, but served him worse. 
Lamas, Lunasaw, the First Harvest, Circle Sanctuary celebrates a Green Spirit Festival. They all interweave and they overlap, and one of the major themes is harvest, harvesting of foods, harvesting of grains, in many places here in the lower 48, though not everywhere, it's a time where many of the first fruits and vegetables start to be harvested. All the classic summer vegetables, bell peppers, which we've been experimenting with this summer with some container gardening. Yep. The ever-popular tomato, sometimes green beans, lots and lots of herbs. Another plant that gets harvested, another uh, fruit that gets harvested, are blackberries. And I have not taken a look, although I think I will be doing a slow drive-by on a few different spots during the week between the rainstorms to see if the wild blackberries that grow in abundance near where we live have started to produce berries yet. I'm not sure. I haven't paid close attention, but I know that there are a number of places on the roads near our house that have lots of wild blackberry plants. And I'll be taking a look to see if they're right, and if so, if any are left for us, or if the birds have taken all of them. And the deer. And the deer, and any other little wild animals that are out and about that live in the area, raccoons, um, opossums, probably skunks too. Yep. They're a popular food, but they do tend to ripen right around at this time. One of I, wonder the, uh, how they'll, I wonder how they'll be this year, too, because we've had a lot of rain this spring and, and this part of the summer so far. We've had... It's been abnormally wet. Yeah. <clears throat> so this should be pretty abundant, I would think. They, But they may not be overly sweet. Right. Uh, in fact, I was just talking about this in the class I teach. I teach a biology class, and we just got started on the section on plants and ecology, and I was talking about how when plants photosynthesize, Mm -hmm. the extracts, sugars, go into fruits, and the dryness or the wetness of a season can impact the taste of fruit. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's one of the things you see when they talk about wine, you know, of different years, you know, vintages from different years, a lot of the a lot of factors with the how it affects the taste of wine year to year is how much or how little rain that area, the vineyard area, got each year too. So that's when they talk about that, that's right directly to it. Right. Yeah. And so here in the lower forty eight, depending on where you live, if you live in the deep south, some of these foods that we're talking about have probably already started ripening uh, at least a month before us. If you live farther north, like places like in the upper Midwest, some places in New England, Wisconsin, 
they may not be ripe or just barely starting to get ripe. So it really depends on the place in the U.S. Right, because we saw berry bushes at Circle this past weekend. I don't recall they had berries on them yet. They didn't? No, not yet. So, no. yeah, there can be quite a variation. Yeah. And so what does all this have to do with our topic tonight? Well, if you look at prosperity from a larger umbrella, you're talking about the energies associated with gain, with abundance, and prosperity, of course, just goes along with that. Yeah. And since we a big thing that does get harvested at this time of the year are lots and lots of herbs, there are a number of common herbs. Some of these, many of these originated in Europe, but they flourish quite well in most of the United States. They certainly do in Northern Virginia where we live. And we have had a variety of herbs growing in our garden since we bought our house, really, since, what, 1999? Yeah. 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 The first, that was the first thing we did was we expanded the garden and planted herbs. Right. Yeah. And I talk about herbs versus other other plant substances because many of these herbs also double medicinally, but they also double as kitchen herbs. Yeah. They're culinary herbs, and they're common culinary herbs. And the first one that's associated with prosperity that always comes to mind is basil. And I'm talking about, now there are two main types that you'll find in planting at, you know, garden centers. One of them is a leaf that's a spicy basil. It's got a small leaf. They also occasionally sell, yeah, it's an Asian variety. Uh, there's also purple basil, a little more sensitive to the heat of summer. But the one that most people are familiar with is called sweet basil. It has large oval leaves the the leaves can be anywhere from 2 to 4 inches yep. long and 1 to 2 inches wide they're kind of um i guess they're an oval type shape it tapers at either end yeah. slightly serrated uh just maybe a little bit sometimes when you touch the fresh basil leaf, it has a very particular, strong aroma. And once you smell that, you in immediately recognize that as basil. It's a very strong, it's a, an, yes, I know this sounds ridiculous. It's an herby smell, but it also has slightly spicy Undertone. Yeah. I guess for lack of a better description. Basil as a plant has been used in Italian cooking, it's used in Asian cooking. It's it's really a very common plant. You can find it fresh in 
most grocery stores. It's easy to grow throughout the summer. Most parts of the U.S., you can only grow it as an annual, although I've heard that places with a much warmer climate, sometimes you can grow it. It'll go two years? Maybe. Biennial, yeah. A biennial plant, yeah. Um, but by and large, most places, it, so. yeah, it grows as an annual, so yeah. you do have to replant every year. Replant yeah. every year. Yeah. So basil figures prominently for that. In fact, in the Cunningham book, mm-hmm. Cunningham talks about taking a leaf of basil and putting it in your wallet or your purse and keeping it with your money to enhance prosperity. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely one of the foods I always associate with prosperity. Others, I just mentioned this, blackberries. Maybe there are no coincidences. Nope. If it's a food of the first harvest. It's a fertility, it's a prosperity. Yeah, food. it it's for money and wealth. Yeah. So a cedar, chamomile, cinnamon, clover, dill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. 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 Um, ginger, like ginger root. Mint is also a very easy-to-grow summer plant, although I definitely would uh, recommend you put it in a pot over putting it in your backyard in the ground because it does take over your garden. But mint is also. So I mentioned some of these because they are also very easy to find in any grocery store. Yes. Other easy-to-obtain... Herbs, or in this case, spices, would be allspice, nutmeg, clove, cinnamon, pecans, and other nuts are good for prosperity. And there are some other herbs that are not as well known as far as growing them in the garden, but they are grown by some. One of them is vervain. There's also uh, comfrey, so the the leaves and the root is yeah. good for that. Alfalfa, although that's more of a crop. Fenugreek, elder. Yeah, elder flowers. Yeah. Yeah, so as we begin to talk about prosperity, again, I always tend to go to the herbs first. So how does one go about enhancing prosperity in one's life? So where do you start? Where would you start? Um, I would start with doing the work work first. You know, make sure you're doing, make sure you're making the choices and doing the things in your life to help bring it about. 
I'm always of the belief of, you know, it doesn't help if you do prosperity magic or love magic or or health magic and you never leave the house. You know, you've got to do the mundane work to to make it to, you know, to use that. And then the magical part enhances the work that you're doing. So, you know, working on looking for looking for jobs and, you know, do the work of, of looking, make you know, doing your resume, doing applications, looking for work if that's if that's the case, if that's your issue, if that's where you're at, where you need a better job for more income, prosperity type thing. You know, do the work of trying to find a job, but then do the magic in the background to help augment the work that you're doing. You know, doing magic of, you know, trying to make sure that employers see you in a favorable way. That's, that helps build your, I mean, in, in the end, that'll help build your prosperity, you know, your goals. Um, make sure that you're, you know, that you're seen and that you're being noticed and if you're seeing, seen in a favorable way as you're looking for a job. Um, if it's not a job thing, if it's a – so it kind of depends on what you're doing. If the prosperity work that you're working on is not really as much money as it is prosperity of – because it can be many things. Prosperity can be like having a, um, um, close – a good friendships, building friendships, building relationships with others. That can be a prosperity thing. You know, that being – are you prosperous in your friends? Are you prosperous in um, health? You know, so you can be prosperity isn't just, you said this, isn't just money right. and, and financial. Prosperity can be many things and abundance, and, and you're looking at abundance of things. So, you know, that's that's where it kind of goes into. So do the work that you're looking for that you're that towards which, uh, whatever it is. If you're looking for a prosperity of friends, then try to meet people. Go to meetups or to groups where others are getting together of a similar mindset maybe and try to meet others that way and build friendships that way and, and get to know people. And that's how our friends, that's how we know them is by going to places where we didn't know anybody and, well, let's see how this is in this group or whatever. And, and oh, well, here's some people. We, okay, and that's how we kind of got to know people. Right. Really, yeah. I mean, our, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how we have an abundance. We don't have a large number of friends that we do things with, but we have an abundance of friends in our in our life because we went out and did that. We left the house and go to go meet new people and see things and stuff. Um, so doing the magic on that, the magic for that would be um, to build, so then you're looking at magic to help build your courage to go out to meet people, to be prosperous in, in friendships. Um, and so I think there's different ways that you can work. Prosperity is such a, it's a very, you think about it, it's a very large umbrella kind of a term, and there's a lot of work you can do of prosperity of money, and you're talking about like basil and stuff. Well, that's kind of concentrated on on the financial prosperity, um, but it's sort of like fertility too. is is similar kind of a thing where fertility people think of fertility as having babies, and it's so much more fertility of of the earth of what you're growing, of what you're working on, and that kind of stuff. So I like to see that there's a variety of ways to look at what. What is it you're trying to build prosperity in? Do the work, and then do the magic to augment the work to help you get there, to, to help you build that up. And and some of it is just do the magic to help increase your luck. You know, it could if, if it's do magic to like, you know, if you're playing the lottery, um, you know, you could do magic to help you pull the right numbers. You know, and, although I you know, haven't heard of too many pagans that have won the lottery, but. You got to play to pay. You got to play to win, though. That's what they say. You got to play so, to win. You got to play to win. 
So, you know, that's that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, so that's. So, and pro- prosperity and abundance and growth can be an increase in a stream of ideas for a project. It can be being uh, more, having more prosperity or more abundance in a work situation mm-hmm. where you are working more, doing the kinds of things you enjoy doing. Yeah. It's not just getting a job. It's being able to do good things with the job that you have. It can be ways to increase your creativity artistic endeavors. So there's a few different ways that prosperity comes into play. And it can be the most obvious abundance. Well, we're talking about gardens and gardening, and it can be that obviously as well. There are many people that we know that I'm always seeing it on Facebook, somebody somewhere, they've, you know, they've planted such and such foods this year. Uh, Somebody we know, um, Lives in Kentucky. He just harvested, I think, the last of his blueberries. Yeah. And he lives in a regular old subdivision. I don't think he has. He does definitely doesn't have a farm. He lives lives in a regular house. He has mm-hmm. his blueberry bushes. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we had blackberry bushes for a while in our garden. Yeah, and then and they, they took over. They they got kind of large for and a smaller garden like we have. Then yeah. they were, yeah yeah we live in a townhouse development so that was a little bit crazy to have those and it. It took time for them to, uh, yeah, move on to better pastures. So let's talk about uh, from something simple to more complicated. Mm -hmm. So on a simple day-to-day level, to increase prosperity in whatever it is that you're working on, that you're doing, Mm -hmm. you can start by, well, the simple thing. I just mentioned it. Putting a basil leaf in your wallet in your wallet or your purse. Okay, that's one thing. It's pretty easy. Pretty easy. Yeah. How about carrying a stone with you? Yep. There are a number of stones that are associated with money and abundance and luck and increase in energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, stones that are highly energetic are good for increasing abundance and prosperity. One of the one of the ones I always think of are there's a group of them, okay? Mm-hmm. Stones that are associated with the element of earth, and I know that sounds like a, kind of a dumb thing. Well, aren't all stones associated with earth? Well, sort of yes, sort of no. Uh, if you go by writings of other authors, there's something called the doctrine of signatures where certain colors of stones are associated with certain elemental aspects. For example, generally speaking, stones that are green in color are associated with the element of earth and therefore, by extension, are associated with prosperity or material gain or wealth. Some of these are malachite, emerald, and, of course, I'm not really talking about the fancy jewelry <clears throat> cut emeralds. You can you, buy raw emeralds. You yeah. can buy raw emeralds in a lot of New Age stores. Um, let's see. What else? Oh. Um, aventurine. Yeah, aventurine. 
is tip if you look at most quote unquote magical books most most witchcraft books, including you know one of our favorite <coughs> authors of all time mm-hmm. Scott Cunningham, yep Scott Cunningham. The Encyclopedia of Gem, Metal, and Mineral Magic, I think is... Yeah, he talks about adventuring is listed in there for... For for, prosperity, for uh, getting a job, for material wealth. So, I have carried that in my pocket from time to time at different times for years. I've had numbers of them that I have carry it around from time to time. Uh, Some of them I have given to people or given it to somebody else. I think I've probably left some up at... uh, Circle. Yeah, the big rock, the circle stones. Yeah. Stone circle. Yeah. (laughs) Up at circle, uh, circle sanctuary. Um and it is a stone. It is greenish. It can be light to darker green in color. Mm-hmm. And it has one of the things that makes adventuring adventuring is that there tends to be tiny particles of pyrite, which yep. is fool's gold, swirling around within the matrix of the stone itself. And... Pyrite, also called fool's gold, is another good prosperity stone. It is associated with prosperity, luck, and abundance, and just general, you know, gain of wealth. Right, because riches. because it looks like gold, then it is associated with the, you can it has that association with gold. And what gold represents is wealth and prosperity and everything. So that's that association kind of a thing where you have a thing that looks like the thing. And so, (laughs) you know, you have a thing that looks like something else, but, you know, sort of has that association of of what its influence is. Yeah, a thing that looks like a thing. So it it also represents the thing that the thing represents. Um, That makes a whole lot of sense. But if you follow that, listen to it, it tracks. Um, It actually makes a little sense. But... And Dave's not just blathering away. Um, just That's Amazonite. Oh, Amazonite, yeah. That's Amazonite a big, that's a big piece. Uh, yeah. She just, hand, she just went over to our stone altar area there and handed me this big piece of Amazonite. It's like good three inches across. Yeah. Right, and so that's another one that is associated with abundance and prosperity. A little big to carry in your pocket, though. Yes, that one this is one a little is. big to carry in your pocket, but there you can easily find most stones of the types that we were just talking about in, oh, somewhere between a half an inch to an inch in diameter. Yep. They often, Sometimes you can find them raw. Most of the time they're already polished. Right. And it's easy to slip them into your pocket or your purse. And After you've paid for it in the store. That's always a good idea. You know, yeah. Or you can buy these little metal cages. They're kind of... Springy, bouncy-looking little wire things. Little yeah. Little wire cage things. Little little wire cagey things that you put on a necklace or something. Uh huh. And wear it as a as a pendant. Yeah, you can wear it as a pendant as well. So that's another way you can do something really simple to keep that prosperity magic right. with you. So what if 
what if you're working on prosperity magic? You're working on prosperity magic because you need financial prosperity. Um, the idea of going out and buying stones and things could be a bit of a stretch. You know, it's kind of hard to tell somebody who needs money to, oh, you got to go buy this stuff to uh, to help you do the magic to, to make money, um, to, to bring that into your life. Very good point. Yep. So, here... Which one part of that is you, we talked about the garden-based herbs and stuff. But you are at the grocery store. You know, you're buying your food. You buy a little. You buy some fresh basil. You know, so it's, it's you know that kind of thing. You can and buy some herbs or even dried. If you got yes, dried you can, herbs in your home, you can use those. You too. can use dry herbs in your home. And here's something else you can do: if you have any of the herbs or spices I just talked about, you. If you happen to have any scraps of green cloth of any sort floating around somewhere, that's great. If you have just a simple white piece of cotton, mm-hmm. that will work as well. <clears throat> you put your herbs in the center of it, charge them with the energy of whatever specific prosperity-based goal that you're trying to achieve. You can use green thread or red, or sometimes orange, or gold thread, or yarn to wrap around it, tie it up. Again, you can carry it in your pocket, carry it in your purse, keep it where you normally keep your money, and that way you don't have to go to the grocery, you know, to a store. store. Yeah. 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 You can also take a simple river rock, and sometimes you can find flat river rocks that are kind of a greenish color. Yeah. But if not, the ones that are typically, you know, the light creamy color, you can take paint Mm -hmm. or Sharpies. Crayon. Even crayon. Whatever you got. uh, Marker, magic marker, and you can put a dollar sign on one side of it and a pinnacle on the other or some other thing that symbolizes wealth for you on the other side. And you can charge that up. You can also use the Fehu rune, which is like cattle. You know, that, that's that's another one associated with prosperity. So if you're into runes, that would be the rune you would use, is Fehu. Yeah, that's not the only one. That is one that is yeah. The most common one. Right. But there are a couple of other runes, and that's the uh, the Elder Futhark rune right. that he's talking about that is associated with prosperity. Uh, in addition to some of the herbs I was talking about, here's some, here are some other plants. You have almonds. All nuts are associated with wealth, prosperity, and fertility. So you can take a nut, preferably the whole version of the nut, but it's not, I don't think there's any specification. So if you have nuts already shelled, yeah, you could do that. You could also put them in a, a sachet. A little pouch. Yeah, a little, a little pouch as well. Um, here it is. Oak. Oak is associated with prosperity and riches and wealth. Yeah. So oak trees usually are in abundance most parts.
parts of the United States. Most. Oak different leaves. types of oak. Yeah. That's right. The it different varieties of oak. It does not specify. So that is one thing that you can use. You can get oak tree, you know, leaves from oak trees. Uh-huh. Uh, acorns. Yeah. Acorns. acorns are also associated with prosperity and wealth. So there are things that you can find in nature mm-hmm. that are associated with obtaining ab- abundance and wealth, prosperity, so that you don't necessarily have to go out and get something. Right. So, it's important to put that out there because you're right, not everybody is going to have the time and, and the ability to yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, one Joe, uh, one Joe Jira, I'm saying these names wrong, and uh, Otho or Othala, depending on how you say it, um, are other prosperity based like runes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quick check, just do a search, prosperity runes. And you'll see charts and lists of stuff of different types of runes, and you know definitions of what they what they're for and stuff. Um, for the especially the Elder Futhark are the most common. Um, and for more about runes and stuff, you can look up our past episode a little while back with Jane Sibley, who talked about runes in very very depth. Yeah, in um, great in great detail. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, if you do have a little bit more in the way of funds, then yes, you can get some of those things. There is a school of thought that says when it comes to working with kitchen herbs that you should keep your kitchen herbs separate and only use your kitchen herbs for kitcheny things and then only use herbs that you're going to use for magical purposes only for magical purposes. But but others kind of feel that cooking is a magical process anyway. So you're always doing magic when you're using your herbs in the kitchen. If you think about it, that's another interpretation. So it's all the same. Right. So, again, what if you don't have a whole bunch of money to go buy a special kit yeah. for prosperity and stuff? Well, here's a simple thing to do. You can use a white candle... If you have a green candle, green or gold or orange, orange is the color of success. Mm -hmm. It's used for, I use it all the time for success-oriented spells to increase the energy of the spells that I'm doing. So a bunch of different ways you can use candles. So from the most simple to the most complex, simple candle spell, take a green candle, You can write on a piece of paper what it is you want to achieve, Mm -hmm. place it under the candle, light the candle. If it, again, when you're working with candles, make sure it's safe. It's safe. One of the candles, one of the types of candles that are the easiest to work with are what we call the spell candles, and they're not really, they were never really made for us, for our people, to do spell work. They're called chime candles. They're about a half inch in diameter and about four inches tall, and they're originally used for chimes, 
and you light the candle, and there's these little metal chimes that when the heat of the candle uh, rises. rises, then it causes little, little, thing to spin. little things on the chimes to spin. Yeah, it's a Christmas ornament kind of thing. That, that from I, I remember we had one when I was a kid. You know, you light a little candle underneath it, and it's a little thing, and a little trumpeter on top or something, and angels and whatever and stuff. And it's a Christmas Hanukkah kind of thing. Um, you know, yeah. they also use the time those little candles for their for menorahs. Yeah, for too. the menorah, right? So. Yeah, they work. Now, it is worth noting that I'm sure the industry is aware that it's used that a lot of New Age and pagan and Wiccan magical practitioners yeah. use them because there's a host of different <clears throat> colors. What if you don't have any place that you have those? Well, many grocery stores yeah. and big box stores sell basic candles of different colors. You can, yeah. I've seen votive candles sold in a variety of colors. I've seen the one-inch diameter, the ones that are like six to eight inches tall that you would use to put like on a dining room table. Yeah. Uh, they're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're so pretty expensive. So you don't really have to like go to a new age shop or something else, and, and, and if you don't have one available, if it's not nearby, because people have things that are available. You know, you you got distance and stuff too. So yeah, just anything. You know, a candle from the grocery store, or what even works really great is if it's something that you really want to put some focus into. And we've got one burning right now. It's one of those seven day candles. It's glass filled candles, about I don't know. Ten inches tall or whatever they Something are. Something like that. It's yeah. about two inches in diameter. About two inches in diameter. You see them in the grocery stores all the time. And, and sometimes they'll have other religious stuff on them that you can clear off or, or if it's got a little sleeve or something you can clean off. Or a lot of times they're just plain in glass candles of different colors. Um, in the grocery stores, the big box stores, um, you know, and stuff. And, and you can get one of those. And then you've got a candle that you can burn for a good week or so. Right. Um and even longer if you just only burn it like during the day when you're home for safety purposes and stuff. Um, but make sure you're doing it safely. So that when we talk about candle magic and burning candles, you want to make sure you're doing it someplace safe where your creatures, your four-legged animals, friends and family, and stuff like you know, won't knock it down, where your kids won't get to it, um, where it can burn and be safe. Right. So it's not sure. someplace particularly drafty yeah. as well. A lot of times what people will do if they're working on something that they want to work on a little bit every day is they might take one of these uh, seven-day candles, burn it for an hour or two every day, and then put it out. Yeah. And that's another thing that you can do as well. So, And, again, there are different philosophical thoughts on that. If you snuff the candle and not blow out the candle. Yeah. Many people say that's a little more hmm, um, magically a little better to do rather than blowing the candle out. Right. Because there's a belief that you're blowing out the energy associated with that as well. So there you go. Different schools of thought. Yeah. But if you do have a candle like a votive or a regular taper candle, you can take a ballpoint pen... You put your name, maybe put one word that you want associated with what you want to try to do yep. on the on the candle. So we've got... A candle. Right. So we've talked about carrying stones with you. Yep. Herbs. Putting herbs in. 
little pouches, little in, pouches your in your yeah. pocket. We've also talked about simple candle magic. For a more in-depth spell, this is an example of something that you can do. For in, more in-depth magical working, you're going to combine all three. It's pretty simple. And yes, there are books out there that will tell you that you have to do certain things in a certain way, facing a certain direction. If you otherwise follow an eclectic path, it may not be something that calls to you to do. Right. One school of thought says that prosperity magic is the most effective during the waning cycle of the moon. However, if your need is great, then your need is great. Do it when you must. Do it when you you need to the most. So here's an example of a little bit more of an in-depth spell that you can do. You can have a single green candle, or you can have a green and a gold or orange candle. Gold is manifestation of the sun, so it is a high-energy candle color-wise. It's also associated with success, just as the color orange is associated with success. Yeah. So you have your candles. Write what you want to happen on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and you can do this a couple of different things in different ways. You can write your petition, that's what it's called, on the paper, put it underneath the candles and leave it there. And then burn it and just leave it outright and leave it to sit. Or you write what you want down on a piece of paper, light your candles, and on a, in a separate dish, yep. you light the paper after you've recited what you have said. That's another way of doing it. Right. Around again, again, safety yeah. and smoke and that kind exactly. of stuff. Be aware of what you're doing and where you're doing it. But that's why a lot of us, you know, you'll see in a lot of group rituals and stuff too. There's a lot of times there's an element of writing something down on a piece of paper and then putting it in a fire to send the message up to the spirits um, to carry the message and, and, and set it up. Is is to do that. So you can do it yourself too. Just light light the piece of paper, light your candle. Do your what you're going to say, a chant or something, and then light the piece of paper from the candle, and then drop it in a little plate and let it burn. Just make sure you've got open windows and so you're not standing under your smoke detector and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Since we have a lot of smoke detectors in our house, on every level of our house, we will do the spell part of it. We'll say what we want to say, write it down, and we have our altar set up. Once we've let our the energy of the candles go for at least a few minutes. Then we'll take our petitions and backyard. And yeah, and we'll go into the backyard. We have a little flame-proof little teeny baby cauldron that we take outside. Any flame-proof bowl will work, and go yep. and burn them outside. Yep. That way, it is safer. You don't have smoke alarms going off. Right. So back to the spell. So you've got your candles. You can put, you can sprinkle herbs around 
your candles, and then you can put the stones around your candles as well. So you have a setup where you are concentrating the energies of the herbs in question and concentrating the energy of the stones. And in addition, using some candle magic to to incorporate that part of it as well. And that is something that David and I have done for years and years, and it is an effective thing to do. And we've done a variety of things. We've used votive candles. We've used the little four-inch spell candles and of like for job-oriented stuff, for maybe us or for other people, we might light something bigger and let it go so that it will go overnight like a votive candle, and that will be the main working that we're doing. If we want to do something more long-term, we'll get, or and I also make my own, but again, David, you know, as David said earlier, it is very easy to find these. Uh, the seven-day candles, it's just a, a jar candle of a particular color. And on the seven-day candles, the nice thing about using them is that then you can use a magic marker or even colored paint and write symbols and words. You put your first name on, or last name or your magical name and whatever words and symbols means prosperity to you for that particular endeavor that you are trying to do. And then you have the permanent symbol on the outside of that glass as yeah, well. as it burns down. Right. Then as you're doing all this, as you're doing all this preparation work, you're going to charge your candles, you're going to charge the herbs with the energy, with the, the will and the focus for what you want to accomplish. Same thing with your stones as well. Yeah, you can charge and focus on, on all of them, your stones, your herbs, your candles. Um, and, you know, just say, you know, and you go online and you go through books and stuff, and some people have these long things that you say for your magical spell work, you know, your the chant and stuff. Um, and that works for some people. That works great, you know, to have something um, long to say. Others of us use a short just a short chant of just a few words, you know, let prosperity come to me or let the job be mine or, you know, let these numbers, let these be winning numbers, you know, whatever. It's just something something that focuses your attention on what it is you're trying to do, something you can say to vocalize it too. So as you're working with the color and you're working with the herb and you're working with, with the candle and the herb and the stones, and the petition that you're writing down, and you're doing all this work, you vocalize what it is that you want in a, some way that, that feels good to you, that helps you focus on what it is you're trying to do, because that's what magic is, is focusing the energy for a specific result. So you're helping to focus that on all the stuff you're doing. It's helping you, your mind focus, be this little focal point of, of energy for what it is you're trying to get done, and then vocalize it, say it, say something. Um, and some sort of chant that you just repeat and repeat and repeat. And then you do it enough, and you, you'll actually feel um, you'll feel something happen. A lot of times you'll actually feel a channeling of energy. You'll feel an intention kind of pass through. And maybe not always, but 
you know, and even if you don't, it's, it still can be a successful thing. But, yeah, say something, too, while you're at it to vocalize what it is you're trying to have manifest. And that kind of helps also get the word out, okay, to the spirits, or the ancestors, or the gods and goddesses, or whomever, that this is what you're trying to do, and, and this is what you're hoping for some help on. And yep. I'm not a good chant maker-upper, so I'm not going to try to make up any chants, other than something simple like, make these be, let these be winning numbers, or let the job be mine, or let them see me favorably for this job, or, you know, um, you know, let me, whatever it is. Yeah, just something quick and easy that you can repeat and focus your, your intention Right. And if, however, you feel the need to do something more uh, poetic and rhymy, you can do that, too. Perfect. Fine, yeah. Yeah, we're not rhymy people. Nope. So we don't do it. Not going to try. <laughs> we're not going to try. Although, occasionally, I will get a little spark of inspiration from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's just... Um, <clears throat> We'll channel our inner, inner Selena Fox and come up with a chant on the spot that works really well, and runs really good. <laughs> that they can follow with, with and everything, and you know. Yeah, that doesn't go. happen very often. No. <laughs> she is the master of of, of rhymy rhymies. Yeah. Um, I've noticed over the years. Yeah. She can pull it out anywhere. Oh yeah. Well, she's had decades to. Well, yeah, yeah. There is that too. So you know. She's got yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, one thing we didn't mention are. Okay. Where do deities come into this? Hmm. Different schools of thought on this. Yeah. Sometimes, and it depends on the book and the author, some authors don't really talk about including uh, asking for help from a god or goddess Mm -hmm. Some keep the witchcrafty part of it as the the magical, atten- you know, um, focusing of will. Yep. But others do. And so it depends on your tradition and what you what you feel is right. Right. And who you and who you work with and stuff. Yeah. And honestly, if you have a primary god and or goddess that you work with. And if the books do not say explicitly, well, this is a god that's associated with blah, 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 but not prosperity, I, if this is the goddess or god that you work with all the time and you have this spiritual connection with... And you have a need. And you have a need, call out to them. Yep. And, in fact, in your petition... You can ask for help from your patron, goddess, and or god. Likewise, if you're someone that has traditionally worked with and tried to attune with your ancestors, how about getting some divine help from your ancestors, too? So, I don't think it should be seen as an all-or-none sort of a thing. No. You know, a lot of this is going to be based on what your particular belief system is, whether you... Your practice. Your Yeah, what your practice is, whether you feel so inclined to to include that in your petition and asking for help. Yeah. Because, fo- you know, your, 
if we believe that we are connected to all things in nature, and if we also believe that we are we have this connection to the divine, then on one level it also makes sense if you feel so called to do it yep. to get help from whoever it is that you work with or you, you work want to, with. yeah, that so feels Yeah. So you know, we didn't really talk about, you know, using the specific gods or goddesses with the work, but you definitely can and, and like you said, if it's if there's one in particular that you work with all the time, you've devoted yourself as a as you know, as a as a devotee of a specific deity, god or goddess or whichever, then, you know, definitely call out to them and, and ask them for your help for help too. And you know, it 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 couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt. No. And if you're you know, if you're someone that otherwise has not very much, there are there are some books that are some fairly good yeah. references that are fairly good about um certain deities that are associated with the harvest, uh-huh. with prosperity, with help, you know, with a, a number of different things. Yep. Different aspects. Yep. So, there we go. There we go. And we are at the top of it the next hour. 10 o'clock. It is now 10 o'clock. Eastern time. And I hope this has been useful for you. Uh Books that we typically reference are books by Scott Cunningham. If you are newer to the path and newer to the craft, you can find you can find Scott Cunningham books many bookstores. Uh, you can find them on Amazon for sure. Oh yeah. Barnes and Noble, a bunch of different other places. So. Right, Scott Cunningham. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's there's others too. You know, Ray Ray Marlboro does one on on there's a book that we've done on candle magic stuff that we've used. Then he's got some work and some stuff in there. Um, um, there's others. Well, Ray Buckland. Buckland, yeah. Has the book on candle magic. Oh, that's it. It is a little more detailed. It does go into a little more de- depth with how things are laid out. But if you're looking for um, more specific guidance that you would like to follow, yeah. that's also a pretty good book for that. It's a good place to start with, too, yeah. And it's a, it's a good one to start with as you get used to what you're doing, especially if you're new to this, I, uh, doing stuff especially, you know, solitary or in a small group, you know, you could, that's a good one to use as a reference to put things together because he helps you focus on, you know, this is, you you set this here and this here and this here and what they're used for and why you put them there and that kind of thing. Um, really good information in there, yeah. 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 So, variety of references out there. Definitely. Really are, yeah. Um, but I would caution, I would personally um, step back. If you do any Internet searching for, like, prosperity magic and you see websites where, like, you know, yeah, we'll sell you this stuff for, you know, the components for prosperity spells and this kind of thing. And it's if if you have to spend money to get the information or the things and that kind of thing, that <clears throat> there's so many other ways to learn and to find things out than than that. So if you need if you need... Buy a couple of books, Scott Cunningham, Ray Buckland, Ray Marlboro. I mean, all these others, some of these others that, that do this work. You know, buy some, some good reference books that you can build from. And, um, you know, there's so many ways to, to put, to use components of things that are inexpensive 
and readily available if you're working on prosperity magic. I'm just thinking about you don't have a lot of money to spend on stuff. So, you know, there's things that you can do. And you can look to nature. Yep, and look to nature. Nature will provide. There you go. Yep. Okay. Anything else? I think that's it for tonight. And I would like to thank Witch School International. And we say this every time, but we do for a reason. Is it there because it's... Pagan's Tonight Radio and Witch School International. Yep. They allow us the time every week to come on and... Connect. Connect. Connect with you all to provide information, wonderful people from the community, authors, singers, other ministers. People from other traditions. People from other traditions. So it's really been a blessing to be able to work with Witches School folks to to do this. Um, I'd like to thank Circle Sanctuary and Selena Fox for all the work that they do and keeping us all online and, in, and on track and all the support that we've gotten from Selena over the decades that we've known her and the time um, with Circle. Like, we just came from Circle, and it's just, I feel really recharged. I needed, a, needed time on the land. Uh, so thanks to Circle for, for being there. I'd like to thank everybody who listens, who's listening live right now, and I'd like to thank everybody who downloads this later to listen to later. And if you download, you get both programs, Nature Folk with Selena Fox, and her discussion tonight was on Lamas, and she did a little ritual on that. And then tonight's Circle Talk, you get it all in one MP3, one sound file. So you get <laughs> two shows for the price of nothing. There you free. go. Um, yeah. And so in August on Circle Talk, we're going to have, let's see, new minister. Yes, new Circle Sanctuary minister. River Higginbotham. Right. We've had him on the show a few times before. That's right. And we'll have some other authors and other presenters on. And in September, we will be switching gears and going into the realm of the various Pagan Pride Days as well. Yeah, we've talked about that. And we're uh, probably going to do a Pagan Military Service Ribbon Awarding um, probably September. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably so. So we're overdue tuned, for that. Stay tuned for that. Keep it on the Circle Sanctuary website. Go to our work. Go to radio. You'll see what's going on there. You come into PaganStonight.com. It'll take you to the website here with all the shows that are going on on, on, on Blog Talk. And uh, so we thank Witch School. We thank Circle Sanctuary. We thank Selena. We thank everybody who's listening. We thank. We give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. And we'll close out tonight with one spirit. Is we are all connected. Cool. Good night. Good night, all. One spirit in the dark, like a candle wavers. Many spirits joined as one, burned with the power of the blazing sun. Like a candle
listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 